What is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. It is Friday, September 25th. One day, less than 24 hours away from the official start of SEC football season. I'm excited. Everybody's excited. It's such an exciting time in the air. Uh, the fall colors and the fall feeling is finally here. The air is getting crisper. And you can finally feel that it's college football time in the Southeastern Conference. In honor of that today, we will have a very, very special guest from TiderInsider.com. The founder of that, Mr. Rodney Orr, will be joining me to talk all things Alabama football. And I tell you what, he has got some of the best informative knowledge about Alabama football than you will find anywhere else. Rodney Orr has been in the business for several years longer than I have even been alive. He has been your one-stop shop for Alabama athletic needs, Alabama football, basketball, everything you could ever think of there at TiderInsider.com. It was a very, very fun interview. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, especially if you're an Alabama fan. Even if you're not an Alabama fan, you will enjoy this interview uh, as I discuss Alabama football with Rodney Orr. I mean, I tell you what, this was probably one of the most informative interviews than we've ever had on the show. Uh, everything you could possibly dream about for Alabama football, Rodney Orr was your guy to talk about it. I hope you guys enjoy I know you will enjoy it. Uh, and we appreciate Rodney Ward for coming on the podcast today. Uh, he's going to be a regular now. Uh, hopefully check in maybe once a month to talk about Alabama football. Uh, and then hopefully as we get into basketball season as well. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of TheMitchDavisShow.com, host of the Mitch Davis Show podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore eight, or Mitch Davis Show on Twitter as well as official Twitter site for the website. Uh, then you can follow me on Instagram, The Mitch Davis Show, Facebook at The Mitch Davis Show, and then on TikTok at The Mitch Davis Show 12. And we're also looking at launching uh, Twitch as well to kind of be the post-game wrap-up place and the pre-game countdown the kickoff shows. We'll probably be live streamed now on Twitch and then put out there on Facebook, YouTube uh, for all of our fans. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. All the podcasts are brought to you by S.Y. Wilson. In Arlington, Tennessee, they're located on the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. So be sure you go over to S.Y. Wilson before the kickoffs this weekend and get all your collegiate needs, whether you're a Memphis fan or an SEC fan or anybody in between. S.Y. Wilson has you covered there on historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. Without further ado, I would like to welcome Rodney Orr to the podcast, and I know you guys will enjoy it. TiderInsider.com founder. Man, what an interview. I am joined now by the founder of TiderInsider.com, Mr. Rodney Orr. How are you doing today? Hey, Mitch. How are you? I'm doing good. How's everything down in Tuscaloosa? Well, right now it's gray. It's been a little wet, uh, but there's a lot of excitement. Obviously, the game's not here. It's in Columbia, Missouri tomorrow night, but still... I think after everything that's happened since middle of March, 
there's a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz around town about the start of football season. You know how it is. This is Tuscaloosa, <laughs> Alabama. You know, before we got on here, we were talking about Alabama football and Kentucky basketball. Talk about that excitement level with the Alabama fans right now, because I've, I've seen a lot of people on the Fine Bomb show and on Twitter um, basically through the roof about this Alabama team. What are the expectations heading into this season? Well, Mitch, you know how it is. Uh, when it's Alabama, the expectations are always going to be high. and This, once again, is uh, the case here in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, the fans are certainly just excited. Uh, you haven't won a national championship here in two years. Uh, so uh, to them, it's a drought. Uh, so uh, I think they're really excited about this team, the focus that this team has had. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of great leadership on this team. A lot of tremendous players, obviously, that have returned. But they've also got a lot of young players that I think the fans are excited to see. So I think tomorrow night in Columbia, uh, the excitement level here will be really, really high for that game. Talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about this offense, starting with Matt Jones. This is a guy that uh, Alabama fans have a lot of question marks about him. Talk about his development this offseason. Well, first of all, I guess you could say it was fortunate that Matt got a lot of experience last year when Tua went down, unfortunately. But, you know, Matt started the Arkansas game. It was 18-22, had a good day, good night that, that, that night. Uh, then he started the last three games of the year, had a really good game at Auburn, aside from two pick sixes, and one of them really probably wasn't his fault. Uh, but, um, you know, he came back, played really well in that game, and then he led Alabama to the win over Michigan in the bowl game, had another good game. So I think that certainly kind of springboarded him towards this year. Unfortunately, they didn't have spring practice, so that kind of set him back. And some of the other quarterbacks, Bryce Young especially, I would think, because he was an incoming freshman that's so highly regarded. Uh, but Mac has done really well this summer. Uh, he's had, had a decent first scrimmage. I mean, solid, not great, but solid. Uh, but since that scrimmage, he's kind of taken off. He had a great second scrimmage uh, the last two weeks of practices, two and a half weeks. Uh, he's been exceptional. Uh, Mac is a solid leader, a really good leader, uh, a guy that uh, you know his teammates like him, and that's always important. A quarterback, uh, he can execute the passing game, a smart kid. Uh, he can deliver the ball down the field. And if you watched him in the Auburn game, you really saw he battled back from some tough situations. So I think Max got a lot of potential. It's going to be interesting to see how he responds as being the guy. You know, it's one thing to be the backup quarterback to come in and fill in. It's another thing to have to carry that mantle around here all the time. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds, uh, you know, starting with tomorrow night. Let's talk a little bit about his backup before we get into the rest of the offensive uh, unit. Bryce Young, another guy who is uh, heavily touted. He is a great recruit. Uh, talk about him and his development this offseason. Um, and will we see him a lot in, in, in a lot of plays and uh, possessions this season? Well, I think uh, Bryce came in, you know, in January, probably – a little undersized, his weight was down a little bit. It was only about 175 or so, uh, but he really worked hard in the weight room. At one point, I think he was up to a little over 200, solid 200 pounds. He's probably maybe a little under that right now. So he's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. Uh, he's a guy that's extremely elusive, very quick, uh, can move around, make plays with his feet. 
but that's not really his forte. And when I say that, what I mean is he, he is a, and wants to be a pocket guy. He stands back there. He will stand in there and deliver the ball as well as anyone, you know, just standing from the pocket. But if he is forced to move, he's got a little bit of Kyler Murray in him. Uh, you know, he can make plays running around, great chaos for a defense. Um, but, yeah, I think he's progressed really well. Uh, he's a quick learner. He's grasped the offense quickly. Uh, it's just a matter of repetitions, you know, getting on the field at this level and kind of making the adjustments that you have to make physically uh, and, and mentally. You know, how quickly you have to adjust, how, how you have to, you know, make your reads, how quickly. It's just a lot different on this level, obviously. Now, he did play, you know, in an elite high school, elite program, modern-day high school in Santa Ana, California. And I always say this, they didn't go around beating up a bunch of nobodies. They traveled around the country, his squad did, and played teams everywhere, the best teams in the country, the best high school competition. So he got a taste of playing against five-star players all over the country. Uh, so maybe his adjustment level won't be as quite as steep as some of maybe a, a, another player who didn't quite have the experiences he had in high school. Everything we've heard about this wide receiving core, it all goes through Devontae Smith. Talk about Devontae and talk about any other guys that you expect to step up for this Alabama wide receiver core. Well, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, those two guys are all-American caliber receivers. Of course, Jalen Waddle's a, a do-it-all guy, can return kickoffs. Compared to Ponce, uh, obviously, he's one of the best in the country, if not the best kick return guy. Uh, very explosive, uh, dynamic receiver. Uh, Devontae Smith, uh, he is just, you know, you had Judy, who was so good. You had Ruggs, who was so fast and, you know, very talented as well. And I always looked at Devontae and said, he's just so smooth. He's fluid, he's smooth, he glides. Uh, he's pretty graceful. You know, he really is watching him. And and you don't really understand he's sneaky. He's sneaky fast. He just glides right past you, and you don't even know it. Uh, so I really think that he is a, you know, one of the best receivers Alabama's had. And that's, you know, I'm saying a lot. I'm putting him up there with some really good players. Uh, so love those two guys. As far as, as for the others, uh, John Mechie's probably the number three guy. Uh, John came in, he's a sophomore now, he came in as a true freshman, and uh, last year, actually came in early, and, and in the spring, he was the spring game MVP, heading into his freshman year, played some last year, he's a really strong physical kid, uh, you know, he's a guy that's not, not afraid to mix it up, he'll block, he'll go up for the ball, fight defenders for it, he'll run over defensive backs. Again, he's just a physical kid. He has the right mindset. Uh, he's probably not a blazer, you know, just a guy that has blistering speed, but he does have good speed too. Uh, so he'll he'll be he'll be a good player. And then Slade Bolden is a, a little slot receiver. Uh, he played last year as a redshirt freshman quite a bit. He was a guy they lined up if you remember in the in kind of in the wildcat and like that allowed him to you know do that zone read and keep the ball or throw it. He had actually had a touchdown pass in the Tennessee game. Uh, but he's a do-it-all type guy. He's been getting a lot of reps at quarterback, too, as an emergency-type quarterback. Uh, so Slade Bolden really liked him. Um, Xavier Williams is a guy that's been around the program for a while. He's a sophomore, but he's going into his third year. He redshirted as a freshman out of uh, the Miami area. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a talented kid. But they've got three freshmen that I know that, 
would not surprise me if a few of them played, maybe all of them. Um, certainly Javon Baker, he's a guy out of Georgia who's been really, really impressive. He's got good size, about 6'1", 200 pounds, but he plays bigger than that. He can jump. He's real physical. He's acrobatic. Uh, he's going to be an outstanding player. He's got good speed. Now, he may not play in this game. Uh, he had to sit out of practices for a while. I think, you know, you, you probably can, can read between the lines <laughs> on what that was. Um, but he had to sit out of practices for a while. He, I think he's been cleared to play in this game, but because he missed some practices, he may not play. Um, but Treshawn Holden is another true freshman, big tall kid. that's made some waves as well as Ty U. Jones-Bell and a really explosive receiver out of South Florida. So all of those guys kind of uh, – make up the wide receiver core that Nick Saban has said, Nick Saban himself has said that he's really, uh, really happy or encouraged with uh, the development of some of the depth that they've had at that position. Now jumping over to this offensive line before we get into Najee Harris, talk about this offensive line that is ranked the best in the country, uh, led by Alex Leatherwood, Deontay Brown, Leonard Dickerson, Evan Neal, Darian Dalcourt. Talk about this Alabama offensive line. The Alabama offensive line really uh, might be the best offensive line they've had since 2012, I think, potentially. I think, I think the way they're going to line up tomorrow is that Dickerson will be back at center. They wanted to, I think they really ideally would have liked for him to be a guard, but um, they, they want the best five on the field right now. So he'll be at center. Um, and then Emil Echior at right guard, Deontay Brown at left guard, Alex Leatherwood at left tackle, Evan Neal at right tackle. So I think that's probably how they'll line up for now. There's a possibility as we move along that Dalcourt continues to progress because I think he's a future star at center. Uh, he, Darian Dalcourt may be in that center spot. They may bump, um, they may bump Landon Dickerson over to right guard. But I say that it kind of makes. Uh, Kind of sounds bad for, for, for uh, Emil Ekior, but Emil's an outstanding player. So, uh, you know, again, we'll see how it works. Let's talk a little bit about this Alabama defense. They are known for their defense. Let's talk about just this Alabama defense and what you expect out of them. Dylan Moses leading the way in the linebacker unit. Uh, then you also got LeBron Ray on the defensive line. DJ Dale. I mean, when you go down the line, this is a stacked defensive unit uh, that Nick Saban has every year. Talking about specifically Dylan Moses? Uh, Dylan Moses, you can talk about any of these guys. I know that these guys are the best in the SEC. Talk about that, just Alabama defense, and then also go in depth a little bit about Dylan Moses. Well, uh, first of all, obviously they haven't played up to their standards the last couple of years. There's a lot of reasons for that. They've had a lot of coaching changes. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of early departures for the NFL. Uh, I think all of those things combined have, have really hurt the Alabama defense the last few years. But there's, a, there's a, some optimism that they're going to be much better this year. Um, you know, I think the coaching staff on that side of the ball has a chip on its shoulder wants to show. I'm not saying they have anything to prove, but I think they do want to show that, uh, you know, hey, we can put a good defense on the field. Pete Golding, the defensive coordinator, I know that he feels that kind of a – and I don't want to say it's a pressure. It's something that's a, you know, kind of a, a pride thing. I don't think there's any question that he wants to show, hey, I'm, I'm, I can, you know, orchestrate this defense. And uh, he's got some talented players. Uh, I think the injuries 
have been something this this camp that uh, they've been fortunate with. Uh, last year they were decimated. Year before they were decimated, but this year so far so good. And I look up front defensively, they've got a lot of young players. Um, you know, DJ Dell at the nose, um, Justin Aboyby is a sophomore at one of the ends, and then uh, a guy to really watch out for, LeBron Ray. I think LeBron's got a chance to. He's got All-American type potential. He can stay healthy. He's a guy they lost last year to a foot injury very early in the season. There's a lot of backup players. They'd like to rotate guys in, uh, and they've got some really high-quality players to, to rotate in. Byron Young at one of the ends. Uh, you know, Timothy Smith at nose. Ishmael Sotcher at nose. Those three guys, uh, those two guys along with D.J. Dale. Uh, so they really have some high-quality players those spots and then the linebacker spot watch out for true freshman will anderson he's he's projected to start at the jack spot uh, i think he's got a chance to be a great player when i say a great player i'm not talking about just somebody that's an all-american i'm talking about a guy that really can win awards uh as he as he develops he's got a guy that's i mean he is a guy that uh, you're going to probably see him that have a wow moment or two against missouri I, i'm thinking uh, at the other spot on the outside, Chris Allen uh, from Baton Rouge, a uh, guy that was highly recruited, has spent his career, had, had an injury, a knee injury that really slowed him down. He rebounded a little bit last year. I'm interested to see how Chris bounces back you know, this season. Uh, you talked about Dylan Moses being back. No question, he's an All-American caliber player and a leader, understands the defense. The guy that I think you're going to really see take off this year Watch out for inside linebacker Christian Harris, number eight, rising sophomore. He started last year as a true freshman uh, because of injuries. Uh, but he was a guy that when he came in, he had never played linebacker before in high school. So very, very athletic. Watch out for number eight, Christian Harris on defense. Secondary, uh, two really good corners, Patrick Sertain, Josh Joe. The star position is interesting. A true freshman, Malachi Morris from Hewitt Trustful outside of Birmingham. Probably going to get the start. Another true freshman, Brian Branch out of Georgia, is going to be a standout player eventually. He's, he's probably going to get some reps at the star spot as well. Uh, both of those guys could have other roles in the secondary, depending on the packages that they're in. And then in, in the, at uh, the deep safety spots, uh, Jordan Battle, rising sophomore, heavily recruited player, which has been formally committed to Ohio State. Flipped Alabama, came in as a true freshman, started some last year. Watch out for him. He's the next budding star at safety. Uh, Daniel Wright is the guy that's been in the program for a while. Uh, he'll get a start at the other safety. Uh, we'll see how he responds. Uh, he was an excellent high school player. And then uh, there's another player to watch out for in the secondary. Uh, Marco Hellams, sophomore, really physical player. The safety spot, they may use him in some of the packages that they have. But that's just kind of a thumbnail sketch of, you know, the defensive side, I think they've got a chance to really be improved, pass rushing. But the number one, uh, I think, goal is to shut down the run. They want to get much better at that. And if they can do that, make teams one-dimensional, then unleash that pass rush that they think they're developing, then this Alabama defense could be much better. Let's talk a little bit about Najee Harris. I saved him for last on the depth chart. This is a guy who, on social media with his videos and pictures, looks like he has – gained nothing but muscle and has turned into a complete monster. Uh, not like he already has, not like he already was. Uh, talk about Najee Harris's development during this offseason. Najee, 
You know, it's interesting. He's, he's a real interesting story. Because when I think of Najee, I think back to when he came in as a highly recruited freshman, number one back in the country, according to some. And uh, I kind of laugh because, you know, sometimes what happens, Mitch, is these guys come in here and they think because they were a five-star number one back in the country since they were in the 10th grade, uh, that all of a sudden they're going to dominate college football. It doesn't always happen that way. Uh, Najee's probably one of those guys. But you know what? The thing about Najee is he's endured and he has matured. Um, so Najee had a great year last year, over 1,200 yards rushing, 20 touchdowns, seven receiving touchdowns. Uh, so that's pretty incredible of the season that he had. A lot of people thought he would declare early for the NFL. But really, I think what happened is Najee didn't get a great draft grade. And I think a big thing with that was uh, probably because of his speed, you know, there was some question about does he have another gear. Uh, and I think Najee came back. He's really worked hard in the offseason. I think he's worked hard to develop his speed to become a little faster, a little quicker. And uh, so I, I think Najee's set to have a big year. The deal is he's got some guys behind him. Brian Robinson's a senior who is an NFL player, too. I mean, he's a 225, 230-pound sledgehammer that runs a 447. Uh, so he didn't have a great year last year. He didn't have the kind of year he expected. But I do think that Brian's got a chip on his shoulder. And then you've got um, Trey Sanders, who was a highly recruited freshman last year, had a red shirt after breaking a foot early that ended his season. But he's got, a, he's, he's got tremendous potential, tremendous ability. Um, and then a couple of true freshmen to keep an eye on. Jace McClellan out of Texas. I think Jace is eventually going to be a really good player. Very versatile, all around, great mindset. Same thing with Roydale Williams out of Hueytown. You know, again, a guy that runs with a you know, he's fierce. He runs with power, runs with speed, uh, quickness, can break the big one, can catch the ball out of the backfield. I tell you, he kind of remind you of. He kind of remind you a little bit of Josh Jacobs. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, that running back runs loaded. They've got another guy actually, the true freshman, that I think in time is going to be a really good player, too. Kyle Edwards out of Testerham, Louisiana. He actually had been a backup until his senior year in high school there to uh, the kid that signed with uh, LSU a couple of years ago that was a five-star running back and um, backed him up. And then last year, he had a big year of his own. So uh, that running back room is, is, is pretty loaded right now. I tell you what, Alabama is running back you. I think everybody in college football would agree with that. Let's talk a little about about this Missouri game. Alabama is a double-digit favorite uh, per prediction. Um, I think that it was up to, what, 26.5, 27.5 last time uh, I checked in the paper. Uh, talk about this Missouri game, and what do you expect out of uh, Missouri and Alabama on Saturday night? You know, Mitch, I've learned through the years, you better be careful with your expectations. Uh, and I say that, I'm going to take you way back for a second, if you don't mind. <laughs> I, hey, I, 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 love, yeah, I love way back. I love way back. So that, that's always welcomed on this show. Well, this was 1975, and Alabama opened the season. Uh, I think they might have been number three or four in the country, heavily favored over Missouri, which was in the Big Eight Conference at that time. And they played in Legion Field in Birmingham, where Alabama used to play many of its games. And Missouri came in here and dominated from the start, believe it or not. It was a massive upset. Uh, they beat Alabama 20-7. to um, And 
was, like I said, beyond anyone's expectation that Missouri could come in here and do that. Uh, Alabama ended up going in 11 straight. Missouri ended up going 65. So figure it out. Anything can happen. With that said, uh, listen, I think this is a very, very talented Alabama team. It's very focused. Uh, I, I think the things that we've gone through over the last six months um, have changed a lot of things. Uh, you know, they've made it more difficult. Schedules are out of whack. And I'm not just talking about game schedules. I'm talking about practice schedules, the way these guys have gone about training, all of the things that have happened over the last six months. So really it comes down to, to how was your team managed. And, and I think Nick Saban's the best at doing that, managing his team in a crisis situation, whatever it is difficult situation and I think this team is focused they got a lot of leadership got a lot of you know veteran players that uh, I think led the younger players through this time so I think this is going to be an Alabama team that's going to go in tomorrow uh, as they like to say they have this mindset it's a business trip that's the way they look at it that's the motto when they go on the road we're going on a business trip and I really expect Alabama to do that tomorrow night. And, and listen, I don't know that much about Missouri with this new coach, Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, I know a little bit of his background. I know he's been successful. Um, you know, and I know they've got some good players coming back, obviously. They've got a really good running back, Roundtree, who's ran for a lot of yards. They've got another running back, Tyler Beatty, who's a jitterbug, can create a lot of big plays. They've got a transfer quarterback who I think is going to start, Sean Johnson. Um so he's really good. Uh, he was at TCU. Um, I know that defensively they've got some top players. They've got a great defensive lineman, Kobe Whiteside, a 300-pounder who led them in sacks at seven last year. Nick Bolton is an outstanding linebacker, weak side linebacker. He's an All-American type player. They've got two outstanding safeties in a secondary that last year was number two in the SEC and in the few yards given up uh, passing. And then number six nationally in that same category. Uh, and they're starting a true freshman, Enos Rakestraw, at corner from Duncanville, Texas. But Alabama recruited quite a bit. I'm not sure he was a take for Alabama, but uh, they recruited him pretty heavily at the end. Um, and he's going to start, apparently, a corner for them. be interesting to see how he holds up against these Alabama receivers. But overall, I mean, as I look at it, you know, to be honest with you, we, we have a live TV show here, statewide TV show, Tighter and Tighter TV, every Tuesday night. Uh, we have a predictions at the end, and I, I predicted Alabama forty-two to ten. Um, you know, again, I, I don't know. That's uh, just kind of a going on a hunch that Alabama's going to play really well. And, you know, Missouri's going to have some transitional uh, things that happen that usually happen in the first game under a new coach. When you uh, the last two questions I have for you, when you're looking at this Alabama team, what are your expectations uh, for the ten? game season. I know everybody's picking Alabama to win the SEC and to be the representative in the college football playoff. Talk about this Alabama team and what you expect this season to turn out to be. Well, I think, like I said, I think they're a high-quality team. I think they've got a lot of great players. I think they've got leadership. I think they've got chemistry. Um, I I, want to say Matt Jones can do it, uh, but we haven't seen enough of him. Uh, I do think at some point you have a quarterback that has to win a game. Uh, and, and can Mac do that in a big game? Can he be a – again, I'm not comparing him to Trevor Lawrence, but can he take over a game if he has to and make those three or four throws to win a game? Um, you know, I think that's something that remains to be seen. 
I think they're going to be a strong physical team offensively. They're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to have balance. I think Mac's going to be a good player. Uh, you know, again, what happens when they get in that game when they need him to make plays? Uh, we'll see. Defensively, I'm encouraged. I'm optimistic. Uh, I've told you about all the talent that I think they have. It's just a matter of them going out there and playing and, and maturing and developing as a unit defensively. If they do those things, I think kicking game-wise, Will Rocker has a chance to be a great place kicker. Uh, it was in the scrimmages. He hit a couple of 50-yarders in scrimmage one, 50-plus uh, yarders. And then in scrimmage two, he was four or five, and his only miss was from 55. Very, very talented kid. Um, so we'll see with that. And then at punter, kind of remains to be seen. Nick Saban won't even tell us who he's taking on the trip tomorrow uh, as the punter. <laughs> so uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, again, I, I just think this Alabama team has just to be really good. But guess what? You're playing 10 SEC games. Uh, 10 SEC games, it could be really, really tough, you know, that gauntlet. You've got Texas A&M in game two. You've got Georgia in game four. You've got Tennessee, you know, uh, a week or two later. Uh, so uh, then you've got LSU down the road. You've got uh, Auburn. So uh, it's going to be a gauntlet. And guess what? If you win those 10 games or, or whatever you position yourself to win the East, uh, the West, then all of a sudden – You've got to go play another SEC game in the SEC championship game. Um, so it's going to be a gauntlet. Hey, this is the last question I have for you, and this is going to be putting you on the spot a little bit. Talk about your favorite memory covering Nick Saban. Is there a moment or is there a quote or something that has happened between you and Nick Saban that you would say, hey, this has been my favorite moment covering Nick Saban? No, I wouldn't say there's been um, you know something that, between us, I mean, you know, Coach Saban is, you know, he's always been very good to, to the local media, I think, for the most part. And, you know, again, he, he kind of rides people sometimes, but what you don't see on camera is a lot of times after he does it, you'll look around and kind of smile and wink, you know. Yeah. Uh, usually he's not really that mad as he, as he seems on TV. Um, but I would say, if you want to say a favorite moment, I'd give you a favorite moment. It, it's, it would probably be. Uh, uh, would be the day he was hired. Um, you know, this was it was an incredible experience covering that hiring process. You know, when Nick Saban was hired, there was a lot of people that said it wouldn't happen. You know, I had some really well placed sources at the time in Memphis, and they helped me along with that. Um, you know what? They they pretty pretty well encouraged me that Nick would be the guy, and uh, if Alabama would just hold out. And it, you know, it was crazy. It got crazy there. They almost hired Rich Rodriguez. <laughs> Looked like he was going to be the guy. And I'll tell you this, Mitch, during that process, it was a day, it was, and I'll never forget it, it was uh, December the 8th, 2006. It was a Friday. And uh, I got a call from Memphis the night before, Thursday night, and the guy told me uh, who was tied in with Nick Saban. I'll just put it that way. That's the best way yeah. I put it. Yeah. And, and he said that uh, – said, listen, he said, Alabama's about to make the biggest mistake in college football history. And I said, uh, yeah, I get it. They're hiring Rodriguez. And he said, yeah. He said, but here's the deal. He said, Rodney, Nick wants the job. Nick wants this job. And they're going to hire Rich Rodriguez. It will be the biggest mistake in college football history. And I said, yeah, it's pretty depressing, you know, yeah. on this end. And he said, but here's the deal. He said, what Alabama needs to understand, what Mal Moore, who was the athletic director, 
needs to know is that if something happens that Rodriguez turns this thing down, which we don't think he is, but if he does turn it down tomorrow when he's supposed to tell his team that he's going to Alabama, if something happens that he doesn't come, Nick will still take the job. Nick still wants the job. And uh, that was on Thursday night. And he said, but I'm going to keep you abreast. So the next morning, about 10 a.m., Rodriguez was supposed to tell his team at 2.30 that time, that, uh, that day, 2.30 our time. So by 10 a.m., I get a call from this guy, and he said, hey, I've got some incredible news for you. And I said, what's that? And he said, Rodriguez turning the job down. And I said, well, ESPN's just reporting he's taking it. He said, he's turning it down, Rodney. He said, I want you to go on your message board, which is very active, by the way, tighterinsider.com. Yeah. And he said, I want you to inform your, your readers that Nick wants the job. Well, first of all, that, that Rodriguez is going to turn it down and that, that Nick wants the job, which I did that. And I got blasted, Mitch. That's 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 something that you can take with you whenever you feel like you've got a really good source. You know, sometimes you have to listen to them in spite of what others are saying. But uh, I I went with it and said that Rodriguez was going to turn it down. He had newspapers, AL.com was already running pictures of Rodriguez with Alabama gear on and this type of thing. Um, You know, and I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Nick Saban is the number one target. <laughs> and I always basically got laughed at. But here's the deal. Come 2.30 that day, the news broke. Rodriguez told his team he was staying at West Virginia. Uh, then people started believing Nick was really a possibility for Alabama. Yeah. Over the next three weeks, it, it was a drawn-out process. He wanted to finish his season with the Dolphins. But the day he was hired, you know, he flew in on a plane. Uh, you know, the, their airport was loaded with fans. It was an incredible, incredible moment for Alabama football. He is Rodney Orr. Tell him where they can find all of your excellent work. And by the way, that story about Nick Saban is probably the one of the coolest college football stories I've heard in my 24 or 20, 20 years of following college football. I'm 24 now. Young Mitch, <laughs> I well, saw you today and thought I was young, but hey, listen, <laughs> I understand you young guys are way ahead of us. Uh, yeah, tighterinsider.com. It's only $48 a year. Uh, you can get instant access with your credit card, or if you prefer, there's an address there to send a check. Gives you all our premium information. Which, again, this is an Alabama uh, website. Uh, we focus on the tide. Obviously, Alabama recruiting, those types of things. A message board, the All Sports Forum on tighterinsider.com. Uh, it is the number one message board as far as Alabama fans in, in the country. We've been doing this for 25 years now. Uh, the Seattle Post Intelligencer calls it the Manhattan of college football websites. Uh, that it's, uh, it, it, with all the, the traffic that we have on our forum. So, uh, again, tighterinsider.com, it's only $48 a year. Hey, Rodney, tell them where they can follow you on Twitter. I appreciate you joining the show today. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually on Twitter, at Tyler Insider, so uh, if they want to follow me, certainly. I'm, I'm not extremely active on Twitter, but uh, do, do uh, retweet a lot of things, so uh, yeah, look forward to it.
You have been listening to The Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host and founder of The Mitch Davis Show and now TheMitchDavisShow.com. A very special thank you to our special guest today, Mr. Rodney Orr, for coming on the podcast to talk all things Alabama football. It's probably one of the best interviews, most informative interviews we've ever done on this podcast. A lot of appreciation and thankfulness for Rodney Orr for coming on the podcast today talk all things Alabama football very special thank you to our sponsors at Eswat Wilson be sure you go check them out this weekend for all your collegiate or outdoors needs there at Eswat Wilson on the historic Arlington Tennessee Depot Square I've been your host Mitch Davis follow me on Twitter Mitch Davis underscore eight also at Mitch Davis show on Twitter Brand new Twitter account for the website. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. Shoot me an email, the Mitch Davis Show at AOL.com. And also be sure you head on over to the website to check out all of our college football and college basketball content that is dropping daily, daily content over there on the Mitch Davis Show.com. Want to give another thank you to Rodney Orr for coming on the podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Enjoy your weekend of college football. And until I talk with you again, catch you on the flip side and have a great weekend full of SEC or college football and good food and good family fellowship time.